Today from the Global Lane, looking beyond the Gaza war, is it time to invest in Israel? It's constantly, um, do you trust the leadership of today? And it's not politic politics uh, leadership. Think about all the entrepreneurs leaders. You, you live in the future in a way. A majority of Americans say the country is on the wrong track. The spiritual price of political silence. We have been targeted for the last 100 years by cultural humanist Marxists who do not believe that there is a God, who want to see man evolve into some transhuman form. And I think the church and people of faith are finally starting to wake up. Finding the perfect gifts, men are stressed out over money and Christmas. There is a better way. Definitely reach out to your spiritual leader. And that's the thing is everybody's spiritual walk is different. You do not have to stand in this battle alone. There are people that see you beyond your paycheck. And it's all right here on the Global Lane. Global pushback against hate. People worldwide are pushing back against anti-Semitism in the wake of Israel's war against Hamas. Demonstrators gathered for this protest in Berlin and other demonstrations against anti-Semitism occurred recently in Paris, Rome and other capitals around the world with tens of thousands turning out. The demonstrations come as a result of anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish hate incidents. They're up globally. They've hit an all-time high right here in the United States, up 337% since October 7th. What does this mean for Israel? Well, here to explain the effect on the Jewish nation is Israeli Defense Forces veteran, founder and CEO of IB Global, Elon Braca. The Wall Street Journal named Mr. Braca the number one real estate broker in New York. Elon, thank you for joining us. So Israel continues this war against Hamas. The IDF is now sending seawater uh, in to flood those terror uh, tunnels beneath Gaza. Still, we're seeing these protests and worldwide support for the Jewish people and Israel. Uh, I'm sure that's encouraging. Absolutely. First, thank you for having me. Um, and yes, uh, as, a, as a soldier uh, in the Israeli army in uh, Golani, uh, which really in the middle of the battle right now, aggressively uh, in Gaza, I can tell you that um, the war that we have right now, it's, uh, the magnitude is uh, it's something that we, we didn't expect or didn't see um, coming. Uh, we we fighting hard and and the support is coming from here. It's very very important. Um, obviously, we don't feel it uh, on the street. Uh, for for not to, there is a, some groups that's thinking or maybe uneducated groups that doesn't understand the the level of uh, terror organization we we're going against and how important it's for us as Israel for the safety, but it's for the safety of the world. Uh, because it's things like that we feel like you see the scalability of it and think about the scalability of uh, losing control on on people that feel like uh, it's okay to uh, to do what uh, Hamas doing and let's uh, copy them. Uh, how is this war itself changing Israel and the people? I saw one report that said Israelis need to brace themselves for economic hardship in the years ahead. But I know you see some positives, too. Tell us what you see happening. So I think in, in one way, obviously, every time there is a war or, or, or things like that happening, that's uh, another terror. And we, we, you know, we got some terror attacks uh, in the past. Um, it stopped the economy, right? It's like uh, everybody is shocked for for a minute. It's like any other cycle. And right now, you see like some kind of a shift because of the 
the eatery that you receive globally, people thinking maybe I should have a place in Israel, maybe I should buy real estate. Real estate is something that I know, we're doing it for 25 years, so we always study it and we see the trend. Um, and you can figure it out that there is some kind of something coming up. Maybe it's a, it's a short trend, but it could take and escalate to a bigger one. Um, and people thinking, maybe I should take a piece. Maybe it's part of support of Israel. Maybe just like uh, as a Jewish, I should have the, my piece in Israel, so for the safety of it. You'd think the, with the war economy, though, that housing prices would go up, the market would be tight. Are there good deals there? Why should people buy property in a country at war with Hamas rockets falling on neighborhoods? Obviously, in a situation like, like that, you feel like there is no demand. Uh, but the, but we have a shortage in Israel of a supply for many, many years. Uh, so we constantly uh, have a, a growing demand because of the growing country in general. Um, and also people's coming back. And, and now people saying, oh, no, maybe I should have a, some kind of investment property there just to have it when I have it, when I need it, um, as a fallback. And, you know, it's a beautiful country. It's a very, you know, strong economy. Um, and I don't see something like that. Uh, I, I can I can see something like that escalating and being bigger, and more people will buy just to have a piece of it. Some experts say the war may cost the Israeli economy about half a trillion dollars over 10 years. So do you expect Israel will come out of this stronger? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's, it's funny that uh, we're looking at Israel, think about for a second as uh, CEO of uh, mega companies. How many cycles we have in, in, in America or, or in global economy that you see CEOs uh, handling it? constantly those cycles, the down cycles, the up cycles. And I think, you know, if you're looking at Israel as, as, as a company, for example, a very, very strong company, we have enough leadership to go and, and, and manage those, uh, those cycles. And we prove it for the, for the last 75 years. So it's, uh, it's constantly, um, do you trust the leadership of today? And it's not politic politics uh, leadership. Think about all the entrepreneurs leaders that came out. You know, we, we are a startup nation in Israel. We have technology to the highest level. Where the, we we going uh, we growing strongly, and and because of it, if you trust those leaders, you're saying okay, they will go out of it. They will think because as 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 a, as a CEO, you're always thinking. You know, a few years, you you live in the future in a way for your company. Okay, Elon Braca, CEO of IB Global. Thank you for sharing your time and insights. We appreciate it. Thank you for your support. Thank you so much. A recent Wall Street Journal poll found that more Americans now believe that the American dream is either dead or dying. Only 36% of those polled say if you work hard, you'll get ahead. And Gallup says 80% of Americans are dissatisfied with the way things are going in the United States. So what's happened to American values and the American way of life? Are they gone forever or is there still hope? Well, here with us is Christy Stutzman. She's wife of former Indiana Congressman Marlon Stutzman. She's author of the new book, The Spiritual Price of Political Silence. Christy, it's good to have you with us. So what spiritual price are Americans paying for this decline in belief in the American dream and our dissatisfaction with the country's direction? 
Well, for a long time, the church has been silent. And so when I talk about the, the spiritual silence that we have been involved with as people of faith, um, it's a real thing. And, you know, we all have that rule at the table, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, when we go to grandma's house, no talking about religion or politics. Well, I think that day is over. Um, I think it's time to be bold about where, where we stand on the issues, what we believe, um, because our faith, and people of faith have been under attack for a long time. We've actually been targeted. And we've been intimidated into being silent. And so we are paying a spiritual price for our political silence. Um, and so it's time to speak up and be involved. I've heard many Christians over the years say, uh, oh, Christians can't be involved in politics. That's too dirty. We're above that. But uh, we saw the consequences of that with prayer in schools and abortion, things like that. So when, what was the turning point for the country? Well, I think there was a misconception that was spread in the church and people with people of faith across the country right around the turn of the century. We forgot that our government is unique in the history of the world. Our government is made up of we the people. So when we complain about our leadership, our leadership comes from we the people. And so really it is on us uh, to decide who our leaders are and whether we want to run and be involved. And so it's not like uh, we have a king or a queen or a, or a dictatorship. Um, we actually govern ourselves. And so I think that was a misconception that was spread a long time ago, saying, well, politics is ugly. And it is. It's never been pretty, even with the founding fathers. When you read their letters and you read their, their arguments and their debates, um, it was very healthy debate. And um, it was very spirited. And that's always been a part of it. But, you know, a healthy dialogue and a healthy debate is something that we miss in this country. It has been degraded down into name calling and just very hateful word, words and speeches instead of, instead of civil dialogue. And I think if we start more of that at the, the, the uh, dinner table, then we're not gonna have this huge divide in our country. We're actually gonna come together and be able to talk civilly and be able to agree to disagree or come to uh, an agreement together on different issues. Well, you're in a small town in Indiana. So, I mean, a lot of this uh, toxic uh, dialogue or not even debate anymore, just shouting at one another, seems to be coming on social media. But you're in a small town. So what are people there in the heartland saying about it? Well, you know, we all see the federal level. We all see, you know, the ads that are on our TVs or listen to the radio and hear all of the shocking news titles and things like that. But when you really get involved in your local community politics, um, it's not quite as bad as what you see on the TV. And that's what I try to talk about in my book. Uh, the Spiritual Price of Political Silence talks about how we can be silent no more, how we can actually go to work and be involved in small ways and big ways on the community level, on the state level, on the federal level. And it's easier than you think. So there's a refresher course of our Judeo-Christian founding. We all need to be reminded about that because that's been hidden and taken away in our schools. Um, and then there's a study on the humanist Marxist cultural uh, phenomenon that we have seen over the last 100 years here in America, where it came from and how we've been targeted and how our children have been targeted. And then step-by-step step, how to be involved at every level, whether it's just you know making um, something for a Lincoln Day dinner or um, a Reagan dinner, or whether it's going to a campaign event, whether it's walking in a parade or whether it's just communicating with uh, a campaign manager for someone who you support. There's so many ways to be involved and it's easier than you think. Well, we're seeing rising anti-Semitism just because someone is Jewish and supports Israel. Uh, also, people are attacked and shot at for no apparent reason. Why is this happening? 
Uh, it's been an undercurrent in our culture for a long time. And like I said, we have been targeted for the last 100 years by cultural humanist Marxists who do not believe that there is a God, who want to see man evolve into some transhuman form. Uh, and they are very blatant and bold about it. So they have been infiltrating our schools, our media, the curriculum. Uh, They've been erasing our history. Um, it's been a concerted effort for a long time. And I think the church and people of faith are finally starting to wake up. But that undercurrent of anti-Semitism goes right along with the anti-authoritarianism uh, that exists in that mindset of humanist Marxists. So uh, there is an elite, and there are also just the rest of us, you know, that they see as uh, just folks that have to have their faith and rely on that. They don't see it as legitimate. And so you won't see um, scientists who believe in creation uh, being tapped as experts in interviews and things like that. It is a concerted effort, and it's been here for a long time. Okay, the book is A Spiritual Price of Political Silence. Christy Stutzman, thank you for providing those insights. Thank you so much for having me. Are you feeling the crush of inflation in Bidenomics this Christmas? More American men are feeling pinched because of already stressed pocketbooks and now the addition of Christmas spending. So how can they cope, reduce the stress, still feel they're doing right for their kids and families? Well, here with us is Katrina McKinney. She's Men's Health Network educator and spokesperson. So Katrina, it's good to talk with you. It seems like many families, especially men, as the head of their households are feeling stressed. So what's happening and what are you seeing this year compared to last year, last Christmas? Well, I think we're still seeing the effects from the from the pandemic. You know, when everything was shut down with COVID, um, we saw such an increase with jobs being cut back. We saw that some companies uh, were moving overseas and we just saw so much happening with our economy. And so families haven't had a chance to catch up from everything that happened from COVID. And even now, we're still seeing where some companies are doing cutting back on jobs. They're uh, reassigning. And, and when they do that, sometimes you end up with more work because your, your coworkers are not there anymore. So what we're trying to see now is that you know, stress is when your body and your brain is trying to react to a situation. And we all have had an excessive amount of stress over the past couple of years. But what we're wanting to encourage our men to do, especially during this holiday season, is to just ask yourself, how is this stress impacting my daily life? And what can I really handle? You know, so often there's been this myth and stigma that, you know, men are supposed to be strong and men are not supposed to show their emotions. But what we've discovered at Men's Health Network is that men handle stress in a different way. And we have a really great resource on our website. It's called Understanding Your, Your Head. It's an owner's manual to understanding and overcoming depression, anxiety, and stress. And we want to let our men know that we are here in the community and we're here to support you. Um, another thing that has happened with this holiday stress is not just the money. We hear about money, but along with those money problems also come additional problems, such as if you have a loved one that has a chronic disease and they don't have access to health care or you can't pay for those medications. Or if you have a loved one in your home and you're a caregiver for that person, maybe you have an older parent you're caring for or a child that's autistic, that provides additional stress to men. And what we're wanting them to know that during this holiday season is you don't have to feel isolated and you don't have to become angry and you don't have to feel like you're alone, that there are ways to manage your stress. And that's just some of the things I want to share with today is just some tips that we found that have been very helpful.
helpful in helping men to manage their daily stress and to help them feel like they're more in control. Because that's one of the big things about stress is just feeling that lack of control. Well, it's talking it out with other people uh, calmly and also taking one day at a time. But I, I know many men right now feel if they don't get that perfect toy or perfect gift for their kids, then they've failed them. Why is that? Yeah. Well, that's because in our society, we've put so much um, emphasis on external rewards, as we say, you know, wanting to have to live in the perfect zip code, to have the right car, to live in the right house. So that's where your circle of influence becomes very important to you. The people that are in your circle have to sometimes advocate for you and help you to see and focus on the things that you do have versus the things that you don't have. I always tell people, get in a good church. If you're not in one, you can always talk to the pastor oh, yeah. or other church leaders, deacons, others that you're close to. Uh, yeah, and that's on my list. Yeah, definitely reach out to your spiritual leader. And that's the thing is everybody's spiritual walk is different, but you got to build you a tribe. You know, I, a lot of times we hear women talk about, well, I have a tribe or I have a squad. Well, that's one of the things uh, we're advocating is to help men understand you do not have to stand in this battle alone. There are people that see you beyond your paycheck and see you beyond what you provide. You are a whole person. You're a mind, body, soul, and spirit. And we want you to be well in all those areas. And so definitely reach out to your spiritual leaders. Uh, reach out to that confident. Reach out to that close friend. And I even tell women, you have to advocate. You know, I have two sons and I advocate for them all the time. And advocating for them is just letting them know you're more than your paycheck. You're more than what you provide. The fact that you are here in our lives and you're providing us with all your gifts and all the whole person that you are, those are things are, are just as important to us and more important to us than just the paycheck you bring home. And stay positive and count your blessings, right? Absolutely. You know, I think the very first thing we have to do with anything, you got to acknowledge it. You know, you may not be in the place where you were last holiday season. And you just have to be realistic and honest and then sit down and come up with a plan. One thing I know about men, they like to have a plan. If there's a problem, they want to solve it. So let's sit down and come up with a plan. You know, maybe you can't buy five gifts this year. Maybe ask your kids, okay, pick the two things that you really, really want this year and then focus on trying to do purchase one of those things. Another great thing is creating some new holiday traditions. Maybe you can't host a holiday party this year. How about we all get together and go see the lights in the community? Or let's go to the, see the lighting of the Christmas tree. Or let's go to a community event. It's all about creating what's going to fit your life in this season that you're in. All of us have ebbs and flows in our lives. And what worked in one season of your life may not work in this season of your life. And I have found serving others does wonders. Okay. Yes. Katrina McKinney with the Men's Health Network. Thank you so much for setting us straight today. We appreciate it. An alarming new poll captured my attention this week. Conducted by The Economist and YouGov, the survey questioned Americans about the Holocaust. They found that one-fifth of U.S. citizens between the ages of 18 and 29 believe the Holocaust is a myth. That's 20%. And another 30% said they don't agree or disagree. So folks among the youngest generation of voters in this country, a majority either deny the Holocaust happened or are indifferent about it. How could this be in this day and age when people can discover the truth at their fingertips? This tells me two things. Number one, there's a lot of disinformation and propaganda floating around social media that young adults are believing. Secondly, we're not teaching the truth about the Holocaust in our classrooms. Young college students should hear a lecture from Professor Jan von Pelt, 
or read his book, The Evidence Room. Von Pelt is an award-winning historian who explored the architecture and restored ruins of Auschwitz, the Nazi death camp. Watch as he explains the workings of the underground gas chambers. Once the victims were undressed, they were herded into an ga underground gas chamber. The underground gas chambers had gas columns through which the gas was uh, introduced in the space. And after everyone was killed, their corpses were brought into a little elevator which brought the corpses up to the main floor. And there were 15 ovens uh, in five uh, triple, uh, triple arrangement uh, that could uh, incinerate the corpses in 24 hours. 26 years ago, Holocaust survivor George Waldman told how he had survived the mass murder of Jewish men at a Nazi killing site not far from Rejoviec, Poland. It happened in 1943. They took me out at night, and they put me in the trucks, and they took me out down the field, and they, there was ditches dug, and they shot everybody, and I climbed underneath the bodies, and they thought I was dead. Henrik Ross risked his life to secretly snap photos of Nazi atrocities committed in the Lodz ghetto. In 1944, he photographed the deportation of Jews from the ghetto rail yard. 17 years later, he testified at the Adolf Eichmann trial and explained what he had witnessed. I saw this transport leaving. I heard the cries. I saw the beatings. I saw the shootings. I saw them being murdered. Folks, witnesses and survivor testimonials like these can be found all over the Internet. Do a Google search. You'll find them. Or visit Yad Vashem in Jerusalem or the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. But I have a final thought. Why not make the Holocaust a required study in public school history courses? Young Americans need to learn the truth about the attempted genocide of a people simply because they were of the Jewish faith. They're now studying the horrors of the Holocaust in the United Arab Emirates. If the UAE is teaching it, America can too. So let's commit our words to action. Then we can truly say never again by proving we mean it. Well, that's it today from the Global Lane. Be sure to follow us on the CBN News and NRB channels, YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Rumble. And until next time, be blessed.